Hello and welcome to episode 137 of Retro Encounter RPG Fans Off Topic On Topic Weekly Podcast. I'm Mike Solosi and I am your ever-present host for this fine podcast. And I have three fine panelists with me, the same three that you listened to two weeks ago when we began discussing Super Mario RPG. And they're all back and they start with Stephanie Sabidlo. Woo! <laughs> I didn't have anything ready. You, I think you also said woo two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. Woo! <laughs> or maybe I was, maybe I'm thinking of, maybe thinking of a different podcast because I've edited so many of them; they all run together by now. But joining Steph and I is Alana Hags. Mario! <laughs> good. <enough>. Awesome. <laughs> that was not very good. Uh, no, 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 no. It's 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 staying. That's not that's not getting cut out. No second cool. chances. I love it. I don't care. Peter. Uh, oh yeah, I'm also here with Peter Cheesenberg. <laughs> Mario, gonna see the Rigatoni instead of the princess. Oh, okay, I'm gonna retroactively go for the Boshi sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll edit that in. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, um, Alana, Steph, and Peter, thank you so much for joining me again on this Mario RPG episode. Uh, did we all get to the end of the game at least? I I made good on my word and I finished the game about 24 hours after we completed the last uh, recording. Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, you were a monster. I wasn't too far behind you, but yeah, done. All in the bag. Right on. And uh, uh, Steph, how about you? Do you um, did you finish a replay? Uh, I didn't. Since I beat it before, I felt less bad. But no, I got to Smithy's area. It just kind of goes on a while, and I was just no. It, it definitely does. When we'll get to, and we'll get to that. But and uh, <laughs> and Peter, you said that you um, I think it was like right around ten minutes before we started recording. You uh, yeah. you, you saw the credits roll. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> all so right. Fresh. Sounds good. So you're gonna have the freshest take of all of us. Um, but I I think we uh, ended the conversation last time at Star Hill after four stars. So the basic. Basically, the remainder of the plot is those last three stars of the seven stars of the title. So, do we have any? The most amount of problems, I think, too. Yeah, no, no. The second half, mm-hmm. yeah, the second half of the game is feels a lot denser than the first, at least to me, because like, 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 like the whole Moleville star is like, oh, I guess I'm in Moleville. Oh, I guess I'm riding a cart out of the mine. That's fine. But all of the other uh, stars, five, six, and seven, they each have like multiple towns and multiple steps to get to them. They feel more like you know meaty RPG quests. Yeah, let's, for sure. Let's, let's be clear, though. It is always a fetch quest, as they always are. But it's just a very yes. meaty fetch quest. I mean, I'm, I'm basically, almost every single Mario RPG is collecting some version of stars. <laughs> Fits right at home. Every single yeah. Mario game some variants on collecting stars. Or coins. I almost, like, stop chuckling when it's like, oh, you got a moon this time. You got a sun this time. I was like, all right. Yeah, are they are they called moons in Odyssey or do they have a special name? Because I, I haven't played they're, Mario. They're power, yeah, power moons. Power, power moons. moons. Okay. So, do you get it? Because honeymoon. Oh, I get it. Do you know, shine sprites and sunshine and. Yep. Oh, I remember shine getta. <laughs> but I do shine like that, means that Bowser is literally having a honeymoon on the on the moon. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. go hold, go home. Say say nothing for, for say nothing for the Koopa King, but he has a sense of style. Oh, he, he does. definitely does. That, yeah, uh, like, that, <laughs> that white suit that he has on in that game, and also in uh, in uh, shoot in Super Paper Mario, are dapper as hell. Yeah, they really mm-hmm. suit him. Mm-hmm. There was I remember player. when they were advertising for like the new 3DS. You can change out the covers on it, and so they had a whole bunch of Mario characters in cool outfits. Bowser looked like a handsome like indie dad. Like he had his hair <laughs> kind of flipped over and glasses on, and he looked like dapper as hell. You were a little bit attracted to the Bowser on that 3DS cover. As far as the fashion goes, I need to give credit where it's Uh, due. All right, all right, all right. Well, well, we we do have Mario, Princess Bowser, Gino, and Mallow in this game. I don't know if all of those had, you know, like, well-dressed 3DS covers. But um, I, I guess let's just jump right into it. The Sunken Ship and Johnny Jones is the first thing that uh, is, you know, we encounter following our, uh, following where, following where we stopped last week. Uh, I, I love Johnny Jones. He is such a great oh. boss. Yeah. But, 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 but there's something about, you know, like tough talking pirates that just appeals to me in general. Same. Shock. I actually love that dungeon too. There's something about doing those optical illusion puzzles that just totally worked with me, even though they were obnoxious. Oh yeah, God, the three the three D maze pissed me off. It took me like That's twenty real. full mi- twenty full oh. minutes. Oh that yeah, feel, that feels like they're just like shoving it on the Super Nintendo because they can. 
<laughs> I, I like that's them playing in 3D. Like this is a game before the N64 and PSX, and it's like, okay, we're kind of getting into this 3D territory. That's how I usually see it. And yeah, especially because it's... like, aren't the graphics basically that they're like the 3D converted to 2D sprites? It's um, a donkey. It's yeah. kind of Donkey Kong Country yeah. 3D, which I, I gotta I gotta say I'm not terribly fond of that style. I think it looks okay. It like looks, in like the, it looks a little muddy on an HD screen, but uh, that's, that's my thing. And I'm playing it on the I'm playing it on the Wii U. So like either it looks muddy on my TV screen or it's on like the the Tonka Toys tablet. <laughs> and, and it's I mean and let's be real, it's not it's not true 3D. It's like um, it's uh, the the visuals in Super Mario RPG are pretty much all pre-rendered, but I think they might have had 3D sprites then they they sort of flattened out to 2D like Steph mentioned. But everything's on a you know. It's basically, you're basically playing Toe Jam and Earl or something because it's an isometric scale environment yeah. with, pre, with pre-rendered characters and, and backgrounds. That's such a good comparison. That is the one. I was trying to think of an isometric game from that time and yeah, for, Toe Jam and Earl. Yeah, is it, that it, one. yeah Toe Jam and Earl are like Diablo 1 were what I was going to go with. But yeah, uh, we, we've that. talked about Diablo enough on this podcast. Believe me. Believe me. But this, back to the sunken ship. Um, can I mention one frustration about this? The this the first time I played the game almost 20 years ago uh, the answer to the um, to the riddle that you solve in the ship is pearls and you get several hints about that pearls answer if you do these mini games but you know impatient me uh, skipped all of the mini games and just went straight to the puzzle and um, and there's and at least one other like ocean word fits and it was and it's oyster and I like spent 20 minutes like writing like making like a spreadsheet of the possible letters and came up with oyster and was just furious oh. that it was wrong. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, if I, I did power through. Yeah, I did yeah. power through it. If I if I had gotten maybe two or three of the six clues, I probably could have figured out that oyster didn't fit. But I was. I was so mad about it. I called my friend that I had borrowed the game from, and he told me the answer over the phone. But, <laughs> no, this, Oyster this was... was the first thing that came into my head as well when I got to the door. I was like, what's in the The scene? words what's fit! <laughs> exactly. And pearls like, comes from oysters! Well, I didn't even notice that the ghosts were guarding doors, so I just blitzed through this dungeon because I was that, like, that, oh, that this might is have been what I happened, what I did too. I'm not, I don't totally remember like how I skipped all of those doors, but I definitely didn't get any clues and came up with Oyster by looking at a chart I had written on loose leaf paper. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, the sunken ships, the first long dungeon, really. I mean, Booster's Tower was quite long, but this one is. It feels more traditional. Booster's Tower is definitely like Mario feel about it. And this definitely feels like the ghost ship dungeon that you would get in the old RPG. And there's a fair quest to get to it as well. You have to go through a cave and underwater and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. But And, yeah. and, and the, the point I, I think is not that it is that long, because I mean, you can probably clear it in about 20 or 25 minutes, even though there's two boss fights in it, is that there really isn't any dungeon in the game previous to the ghost ship, or sorry, the sunken ship, that is... Uh, that is even half as long. It, like, it, like all of the, you know, overworld areas you go through, and even the dungeons like Blum's Temple and Booster's Tower, those are pretty breezy. Uh, yeah. RP, RPG yeah, they're dungeons. Like little, they're like little vignettes, and then suddenly you have like a full-on puzzle dungeon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then you have the uh, <laughs> the uh, you have a crack in midway through, and the the delightful Johnny Jones at the end who who um singles up Mario for a one-on-one fight with your with your teammates cheering you along uh on, on the sideline it was so like good i used so many mushrooms i like to go like... down either right like he, yeah you'll like stay there at the end of the dungeon you could go talk to him again i think right yeah you can and yeah. um I, and you can even i think you can go through the whole dungeon again if you really want to just to have him you know talk with it and reply with an ellipsis or or whatever it is <laughs> but uh yeah oh and i forgot to mention this before, before the sunken ship you visit seaside town which has a bunch of suspicious looking toads in it did you did you guys pick up that there, there, there was something messed up about the town beforehand um I'm, this is directed at alana and peter who were playing this for the first mm. time uh well yeah i definitely knew something was going on because people were talking about ghost ship and then obviously none of the shops were selling you anything so i knew something was off I didn't really expect everybody to be in it, basically, and that everybody was locked away in a basement. So, thanks, Mario. That was that was nice of you. I should have figured it out because they do have the 
villain town music playing the whole time, like when uh, like when yeah. people are turning to stone in Rose Town, and when the the bouncy guys have taken over Mushroom Kingdom. But uh, yeah, like I I remember being surprised when they all you know like Voltron into a giant spear monster when you when you return to Seaside Town. <laughs> um. But yeah, yeah, Yaridovich, uh, like right when he's about to escape, uh, you, he gets cut off by Johnny Johnny Jones, like immediately endearing him as my favorite NPC in the game. Oh yeah, definitely. Just shout out though, like this is the first star as well that, other than Star Hill, which you just get for free, this is the first one that you get slightly differently. So you get it off of um, Johnny Jones, and then um, Yaridovich takes it off you again, and then you have to fight Yaridovich to get it back. But then Johnny Jones shop, stops him, so. Yeah, back and forth. It was a bit different. But yeah, they actually bitch. play with that that whole like uh, star get animation a few times. Yeah, they do. three times. Yuridovich. I don't want to say he was hard, but he, he was, was definitely a step up. Yeah. The rest of the game, like it was. When I was a kid, he gave me a lot of grief. I remember. I mean, yeah. I was able to handle him without dying this time, but his water blast and I think at least one kind of physical attack he did could one shot Princess Ermalo for me. So that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, like. The oh, a, a handful of the boss fights in the second half of the game um, were, I think, much more challenging than anything in the first half. They, they, uh, there's, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think the game ever gets brutally difficult, but the game went from having for, like almost no challenge at all from an RPG standpoint to a couple fairly tough boss fights. And I, I think that Johnny Jones and Yaridovich are the first two that you know like could get hairy towards the end. And maybe I was yeah. under, maybe I was under leveled, but I. Uh, it was a close, like, um, Johnny Jones was a close call, and Yuridovich, I had Princess dying almost every turn. Yeah, they do amp it up a little bit. It's almost like two halves of a game. So it's almost like Nintendo did the first half, and Square were like, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you get to hear that uh, that dope, uh, like, boss battle theme again for, for both of them, because, I mean, that, I, I really like the, uh, I really like that, you know, that boss bop. Yeah, I yeah I have a correction to make. I said that oh. the secret of the forest mushrooms was like boppable. The whole damn soundtrack is boppable. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's it's a really good one, and it's a uh, and it's an early soundtrack from our girl Shimamura. Yeah, Yoko Shimamura. I don't know. I completely blanked her name for a second. That's that's. <laughs> I saw that. That's I was shameful. like, oh no, so am I. Yeah, that's because she refused to say the Kingdom Hearts composer because she didn't want to say that word. I'm editing that out. Um, but uh yeah, it's, but anyway. it's good work it's good work from her for sure it's funny too <laughs> it yeah, yeah it suits so much like she's got that you know that kind of ability to kind of go kind of cartoony with the, you know but still be serious mm -hmm. and good enough for the mario world and respectable enough for like the rpg genre or whatever yeah like the boss it's fights the boss balance. fight music yeah the boss fight music it's is so, so dramatic cool. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, it's very percussive and fun. I like that boss theme a lot. But yeah. even even though that's one standout track, I don't think they reuse music very much at all in this game. Like there's, uh, like uh, sometimes in it's RPGs, because I mean we've all played lengthy RPGs. Sometimes mute, if a track is a commonly used track, it feels really repetitive. But I don't think any of these tracks felt repetitive because um the, because almost every new area has new music and the ones that are recurring like the victory theme or the boss battle theme are you know like popping enough that they feel fun and not and not like oh i can't i wish they would play something else right yeah and each no, town yeah, each town has their own music which i which i appreciate always yeah i love the monster village a lot Monster Town's fun, and there's a lot of weird stuff in that town, like the, like 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 baby Goombas selling you poison mushrooms, and yeah. someone whose entire existence is just to count how many times you can super jump. Yeah, <laughs> but I like that though, because it's kind of fun to I don't know get to know the Mario villains better. Yeah, we're full. <laughs> yeah, and like this game does a lot. Um, to, this game does a lot to humanize the traditional like Mario World <laughs> rogues gallery. Well, and it's nice yeah, that Bowser actually joins you, right? Because usually, even even mm -hmm. in the other Paper Mario games, he's still you know pretty peripheral to to the whole thing. But this one, it's like, yeah, no, I'm I'm fully in. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I always really like that about that, and to have Peach in there, and it's not a sports game, so you know, hey, they're joining the party. Yeah, um, I think we mentioned this previous episode, but uh, I I really like the characterization for both Princess and Bowser in this game. Like, 
like uh, uh, the princess rejects her role as damsel in distress, even though she is a, technically a damsel in distress, at least temporarily it in this game. It starts that way, and I think that's yeah. a good way to start it, because it hark back to all other Mario games. And, and that's the whole it, point of the opening, the entire opening of the game. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then and Bowser's big and powerful, but he's also sort of anxious and sensitive and kind of and kind of hilarious. <laughs> I love his yeah, tears, I love yeah. <laughs> I love it when the Mario RPGs do that. The crying <laughs> Bowser animation, the surprised Mario animation... Um, Bowser I really, is a man of hidden depths for sure. I, I really <laughs> like Princess's uh, uh, wink and peace sign for the victory screen. I think it looks good yeah. for her. There, there's a, there's a lot of very very cool expressive uh, like character work in this game. Peach is actually really fun when she's embracing weird sides of herself like that. Yeah, like yeah, when she's kind of you know accessing her kind of you know Japanese schoolgirl side, or she's doing peace signs and all that. Or um, I even liked her in Mario Odyssey where she's like on this kind of business trip after the game, and you know, she's okay. just kind of going around places with a with a suitcase and all that, and she looks really cool. Oh, she is she like in a power suit, kind of like Paul, uh, kind of like Pauline in that game. Yeah, yeah. So she cool. just looks like she's doing kind of tourist attire, and she's having fun. God, God I hope Pauline comes back. <laughs> Me too. I, the yeah. best. So cool. I, I like she was already the best Mario girl. Sorry, princess fans. But I, but mm -hmm. I love I love the '94 Game Boy Donkey Kong game. And, we uh, we and... really need Daisy a chance to shine, though, man. Yeah, yeah Daisy. Daisy might even be in fourth place now because Rosalina's a is a baller too. Yeah. Right. So yeah, we we need a proper Daisy game. We do. Daisy's adorable, so I hope I I, I rank her higher, but yeah. We're getting we're getting off to off track with our Mario <laughs> maybe, maybe Mario waifu okay. debate. Okay, who's okay. the best Mario waifu? Go. Oh man. Okay. Well, Pauline's number one, of course. Uh, second place. I don't know. I oh, okay. Well, wait. Never mind. This is not the podcast that we're in right now. Um, so anyway, yeah, Monster Town is a cool little section of the game, but um, the town after it is my favorite town in the game, Nimbus Land, the Cloud City, where yeah. where people are somehow amenable to the idea that their prince is a giant fat bird at least I temporarily perfect <laughs> i love seeing those birds as well they're the same birds that are in uh yoshi's Dodo, Island, yeah yeah cool. yeah i, think I love so. that song that plays when that bird shows up too like there's some good physical comedy in that scene and then oh, yeah. like boom 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 yeah i bomb, really wasn't sure bomb. what was going to come through that door and then <laughs> yeah. when it was one of those like Black crows. I thought, well, this is going places. No, but maybe an even better Dodo musical moment is that uh, that mini game that you play when you when Mario is painted gold to impersonate a statue, oh, and, it, and so good. And there's a musically timed game, basically a rhythm game that you play. That's just you know all done in like goofy tuba and trombone with this fat bird. <laughs> I, I, I like I, after I finished that mini game, I like immediately watched it again on YouTube just to just to see the goop, just to so I could pay attention. Oh, to and I love that they have the like jumping. symbols too for every time he yep. hits. The... Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's really good, and I, I really am curious as to how the you know, you know the animators and the gameplay designers choreographed that with Shimamura because it's the the music and the gameplay fit really really well in that scene. I I I I didn't even remember it from the last time I played it, but it was I was totally delighted by it this time. We did talk about that last time that there's a whole bunch of instances where Mario has to fill in the gaps on what's happening and he acts it out. Mm -hmm. It like mm -hmm. mines it out really quickly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, and there's like a few times where he just kind of passes out, where like they just don't get it. Like there's so much good. Oh yeah, a, a, a lot of a lot of Pratt falling in in this game. Like when it, when someone's particularly dense, you'll get the like the simultaneous everyone Pratt falling, and then that thud noise. <laughs> yeah, it was, in this instance, the one I can remember is where they go to Nimbus, and they're like, "Oh, our prince is called Mallow," and then Mallow's like, "Oh my god, the prince has the same name as me," and Mario's just like, okay. <laughs> and "Mario's like thud." It's like, "Come on, brother. Yeah. Come on, bro." Mallow, put two and two together. <laughs> like, thankfully, the one idiot, or the one non-idiot in town, is the sculptor that can help him sneak in. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. It's a nice play on, like, well, Metal Mario didn't exist at this point, I suppose, because of Super Mario 64 um, mm -hmm. not being out yet. So it was nice to see him gold. Not metal, but, you know, it was quite cool. So it goes into the um, crow stuff where he's, like, pecking the statues and that. I, I giggled like an idiot when they gave, uh, like, how they gave, like, Metal Mario skins for Mario Kart and Peach got rose <laughs> rose gold or whatever. Oh, that, that was so that, cute and clever. Oh, I yeah. think it's hideous looking, but... <laughs> it, it, a little it bit, is... but it's, it's a very girly kind of, uh, like, in right now kind of jewelry color. <laughs> okay. Another <laughs> reason why Pauline is definitely the best Mario waifu, because, like, she, she, she ain't no rose gold. 
Um, <laughs> but back to Super Mario RPG, Nimbus Land, uh, Valentina and Dodo. I'm not sure how Valentina and Dodo are in Nimbus Land and, or why Valentina seems to be in the position of power, but she, you know, there they are. And uh, I guess she's a trophy wife to everyone in the palace or something because Valentina, oh boy. Um, you want to talk, really... talk about some waifu territory? <laughs> I think it's fine because I mean she's basically a cartoon villain, like literally and not. You oh know? yeah. Like she's just ridiculous through and through. But I think that's why I never caught on the like enemies or weapons because some of them don't really fit that mold. Like she. Yeah, I don't. I don't think doesn't. she's one of Smithy's people, and I'm, and I'm also not sure if Punchinello is either from uh, from Moleville. No. But uh, uh. but like I think she's just trying to usurp power in Nimbus Land. I don't know who she is or where she came from or why she's there or how she got in with the king and queen and managed to lock them in their room and uh, what what kind of plot is this i'm gonna get in with everybody in the castle lock the king and queen in their room make dodo the prince somehow this big fat bird that doesn't look like anything and then i'll be queen it's like this is not a well thought out plan well, to be fair like the people there are cloud people you can't you know what, what clout are they gonna have everyone gonna except for garo everybody except for garo and then mallow's mom the queen are spectacularly naive like oh my god <laughs> So I don't think I don't think the, the political landscape of the Mario universe is particularly <laughs> robust. It's not. So. I mean, I mean, the, the most effective ruler that they have is probably that uh, that Bean Bean Prince that has the that has the shiny forehead. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, easily. God, yeah. The more you ask about the Mario universe, the less it makes sense. So you just kind of gotta be like, oh, okay. You remember? You remember what? Do you guys remember when there was a a subplot in Superstar Saga about the exchange rate? Between the Mushroom Kingdom and the Bean Bean Kingdom. Oh God, I, I don't. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> oh wow! I should play that uh, that uh, that 3DS remake. I think because Superstar Saga is an excellent game. But uh, was it out? No, no. The, I thought the Superstar Saga one is out, but the Bowser's Inside yeah. Story one is uh, is. Yeah, the, re the remake came out last year, like yeah. October, I think. Oh my God! Oh no! <laughs> There's too many video game stuff, and, and you you were probably you're probably you had visions of Xenoblade Two dancing around your head in that time. Basically, that's obviously what happened, and that's the only game title I ever said in that two months. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's like me and Monster Hunter in January yeah. and February. But. Uh, following the conclusion of Nimbus Land, we get to, uh, there's another medium-sized dungeon that you go through, a, a volcano, and a mostly forgettable dragon boss at the end of the volcano. Do we really w want to talk about this, or are we going to get to the main event? I mean, he's kind of a, he's kind of a reference to Bahamut, but... Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. Although there is a monster later on that's called Bahamut anyway, so I believe one of the enemies in Smithy's dungeon summons a dragon called Bahamut, or at least right. a good game. Oh, I think um, you're right, but, but I think it's Bahamut with, like, two Ts. Like, yeah. So yeah it's, like, so it's, it's like, like a dog-like uh, dragon or something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, um, the, the, uh, well, okay, I should mention this. Uh, this is a little bit of a deep cut. Um, that's uh, actually a cute name for it, too, Bahamut. Yep. <laughs> but the, uh, the dragon that you fight in the volcano is called the Zar Dragon. And the Zar Dragon is a, um, a dummied-out uh, super boss Water enemy in Final Fantasy VI. Oh. Right. If you, if, you go, if you go into the code of Final Fantasy VI, there's an enemy called Zara Dragon with a big fancy sprite that was gonna be a boss fight that you fight after obtaining the six. I'm sorry, the eight Crusader Dragons. Oh it's, my god, I never made that connection either. Yeah, oh but, um, and this, this is a Square game from just about a year after the um, Final Fantasy VI was made, and uh, and so Zara, Zara Dragon's not is not. Uh, playable, or I'm sorry, not fightable in the original FF6, but I believe they added it as a secret boss for the GBA version's secret dungeon. Yeah, they, bas they basically finished that uh, that uh, quest. quest line, yeah. Right. Still it's waiting up. Terrifying uh, looking too. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool mm. looking dragon. So I, I I'm not sure if the Zar dragon here or Kaiser it might have, I think I think it might have been Kaiser dragon in FF6, but but Zar and Kaiser both are just corruptions of the word Caesar anyway. Um, but the like, I th I think it might be um, an intentional reference to the FF6 dummied out boss, but I'm not 100 percent certain about that. Could be a coincidence. Main event time. Well, yeah. your main event. Oh yeah. <laughs> Naturally, after the Zara Dragon and Kaiser Kaiser Dragon, they do the they do the thing that we mentioned earlier, how they play around with the animation of get the star a little bit, <laughs> because right when you you finish the star animation and Mario is about to pick it up, then there's suddenly a flash and it's stolen by the best boss fight, the best villains in this entire damn game, the Axum Rangers. I've <laughs> forgotten about these. <laughs> I remember seeing them years ago and Mike's thinking, happy. Oh, oh cool, I'm so Power happy. Rangers. 
And like, then... like, they were my favorite boss when I played this game 20 years ago, and then when I got into watching Japanese Sentai, you know, five, six, seven years ago, they became only even more my favorite boss. <laughs> of course they did. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, they are good. It's a really good boss fight. In it terms. is. Yeah. They each have a different... It's a good challenge, too. Yeah, because normally all the boss fights in Mario RPG are like 1v1 or 2v... Well, 3v1 or 3v2 or something, but this is five on three and it's like oh a little bit of a challenge and, mm, like and just mano in mano and one thing i like about rpgs in general whether it's a boss fight or a main character is i like when a character's personality is expressed in their move set a little bit like where a character's mm -hmm. bat battle actions add to the character and i think that mario rpg does that very well i think chrono trigger is probably the best at it but this is a really great boss fight because each of the five Axon Rangers has different moves and different weak points and different styles. And I think that sort of contributes to what you think of, of each of the five. Um, <laughs> and plus it's sort of amusing. Every time one of them uh, falls, they complain to the Red Ranger. <laughs> yeah, <is> yeah. <laughs> another bit of you know, weird Japanese uh, you know, uh, du duo humor, I guess. But it was, it's a really entertaining boss fight. Um, it's one of the few where I, I like I I really like putting in uh, Mallow and Gino into it, because uh, both because the elemental weaknesses of the of the Rangers you can kill like three of them in one turn if you're a little creative with your flower points even even if you were under leveled like I was. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, but it's just nice to I don't know. There was just something really charming about it, and I like the fact that it's got its like two phases essentially. So you kill all of them one by one, pink, black. Uh, pink, black, green, yellow, red. Is that the yep. idea? Mm -hmm. which yeah, is, which then... is not a color that's which is not a color combination that's ever happened in Power Rangers or Super Sentai. No, um, <laughs> nerd. Then, then Red Rangers like, nope. I'm just calling it hey, Red look, Ranger. I'm whatever. just saying all of them have a blue ranger except for the Axum Rangers, and that is some BS. All right. That was definitely missing from the equation, yeah. But the, yeah, but I did like what they did with the with their Black Ranger though, and I mm -hmm. like this the shades they put on them and everything. Yeah, and it's, and it's cool. It's like, like he's the stylish one that uh, that you know does dash moves and attacks twice per turn. The Green Ranger is a, a nerd with a, that deals a lot of magic damage, but he's weak against physical attacks. The the fat yellow one can be jumped on, but is otherwise you know uh, like basically a bit of a load to deal with. And Red is the toughest, strongest one. It's it's they have personality as a as a boss fight, and it's it's my favorite boss fight in the game. I really like the Axum Rangers. They're fun. Mm -hmm. They're really cheesy when games do that, but I absolutely love it because yeah, that like they actually do sort of like stereotype by their by their appearances sometimes, and yeah. I actually think it's kind of almost a little bit of fun with respect to that. <laughs> um, but you know, girls being girls will always have the least amount of HP. But the most yeah, it's, of it's a little unfair that all Pink does <laughs> is like kiss and heal and die fast. Yeah. It's like it's like come on, and then complain <laughs> about her makeup running. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's okay. Uh, she's not exactly the most, you know, feminist <laughs> pink ranger I've ever seen, but, uh, but it's, it's a cool dynamic for what it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bowser's castle isn't very long, but um, what did you guys think of the six doors at the end? Because I think they were much more interesting than most of the other dungeons in the game. Because the, the uh, like you get uh, you get sort of um, platforming challenges with real stakes. And uh, and weird logic and and uh, you know and math puzzles with surprising stakes. Like, uh, what did you guys think of the six doors? The one with the lava was really upsetting. I was oh. like, oh, it's like a little, this tiny little flash. You can see where the path is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, um, I liked the bomb rolling one. Like, I thought that was kind of fun. Like, at least the challenge was like, okay, it's really clear. Don't run into the bomb bombs. But, yeah. but your controls are reversed because you're rolling backwards on a bomb, and there's a bunch right. of treasure chests that are at least tempting. Yeah, so yeah, so I thought that was an interesting challenge. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was an interesting final like little area to explore. Yeah, I like that corridor, I think. Um, the battle corridors are boring because they're just yeah. like progressively yeah. stronger enemies, and like I did least, it anyway. At least, at least the rewards are good for those. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I did both of those. Um, the platforming ones, and I think this is something that I've got an issue with in RPGs in general. Like Mario is a platforming game, but because it's isometric, Super Mario RPG is isometric. I do yeah. not think the platforming is very good in this. Sometimes it, it's really awkward because you yeah. naturally like you go forward, but forward in Mario RPG is not like forward on screen. It's like or forward as opposed to Mario's viewpoint. It's 
That four direction kind of makes it awkward. And, yeah, and, the, and the isometric, uh, like there isn't full 360 movement, and the isometric perspective means that your, you know, horizontal jumps and vertical jumps will appear to go different distances. Yeah. So it's, so it's tricky to, to, you know, perfectly judge those jumps. The hardest jumping puzzle I thought was. Um, one that I, I spent about 30 minutes trying to clear it, but I did get it. There's, a, there's an optional puzzle. Um, when you go up the cliff on the, uh, uh, with, with, the, with the winged Koopa Troopas. Yes. On the way to, on yeah, the way, that one. On the way to Monstro Town. If you can do it under 13 seconds, they give you a prize. And if you do it in under 12 seconds, they give you an accessory that's one of the best in the game. Yeah, I did that. It I, didn't yeah. take me too long, but I think... It took me a while, because I'm bad at jumping puzzles. So bad. <laughs> Oh, I think man. I was kind of happy because I had at least a wall on one side to like push up against so I could kind yeah. of get away with it. But I think the one jumping bit, as well as the bits in the end of Bowser's Castle, and say so I do like the six doors because it does turn things up a little bit and makes it feel a bit more like a Mario game. But there was the bit where you're going up to Nimbus Town and you were jumping off the beanstalks and you mm. cannot tell what angle no. they're at at all. Yeah. You have to go by the shadows and then remember. That's ridiculous. I fell all the way to the bottom a couple times, but, but yeah, fortunately that's not a very long segment. Yeah, yeah it's not. Um, but no, I like these. Um, yeah, the battle segments are boring. I like the riddles as well, and the platforming. One's okay, one's not. <laughs> so, yeah, you get nice rewards. You get some of the best weapons in the game, bar um, Mario's and uh, Peach Toadstools, I believe. Yep. Um, oh, did anybody else go for the lazy shell? Oh yeah. yeah. You, gotta, you gotta get that lazy shell. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love the sound that the lazy shell that makes sound, when you kick. Yeah. It's a, it's so a, satisfying. It's, it's, There's it's a few a of them. Real, like, I love the yeah. sound effects in that game in general. Like, they yeah. Sound awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we might have mentioned this last episode a little bit, but the sound design is really good. A lot of it's, you know, just appropriated uh, Mario sounds from Mario World or Yoshi's Island. And, and they're, you know, they're satisfying. Like the, uh, you know, like, like the shell kicking um clank noise and the noise for, noises for getting uh coins or stars are very you know very memorable and cool but e even things just like the the bang boom crash kind of noises in this game are really satisfying like kicking the lazy shell is such a satisfying clunk 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 yeah, yeah, and especially because there is that kind of uh, like added button press for it. Mm -hmm. You just kind of want to pursue that button press sound effect. You want to see that blue splash that means you got a that means you did either a, a good hit or a perfect hit. The sticky gloves and all that. I like doing the boom, boom. I mean, the, uh, you, you, ha you absolutely have to bring up the womp glove where Mario, where Bowser just chucks Mario into enemies. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> And you, you get that delightful uh, surprise Mario, Mario sprite from that as well. Of course he would. I mean, Mario's just been chucked into a, I don't know, a, a lucky two or something. I think that's what I love about the Mario series. And definitely with uh, Mario RPGs, it looks like they had a lot of fun with playing the ideas. Hmm. You know, like I, like every place you visit feels like it was a labor of love. Yeah, they like, play, they like to play around with the formula and like just make little in-jokes. Uh, mm hmm that's why the that's why the Bowser Mario team up is always so entertaining. And, yeah, and they deliberately can get a little funny and a little weird. So, which is why I mean, I, we, I think we you kissed uh, each other. I mean, oh yeah, of course it got weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah, depending on how quickly you find those wedding items in the chapel, I think you could have uh, Bowser and Booster kiss. You could have uh, you could have Peach just kiss Mario. You can have Peach miss Mario, and then Mario get kissed by Bowser on one side and Booster on another. It get, it get, it gets really weird. <laughs> I, uh, um, you can probably find all of the different outcomes to that on YouTube or something, but uh, uh, I found them quickly. So I think I just got a kiss from Peach, and that was it this time. In Mary, it's it's a very happy situation when that happens too. Oh, at yeah. least. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, so none, none of the, none of these outcomes are bad. Time. I mean, this is this is like my fan fiction. <laughs> uh, yeah, Square, Square definitely plays attention to that aspect of their fan base. Let's be real here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but back to Bowser's castle. Uh, you had a, a sort of an unusual samurai moment from the final boss of it. I, I think there, I think it was literally a parody of samurai movies, because because the way uh, the way he had a, sort of a, a, an odd way of speaking, and then when he falls, um, the tragic music plays, and the uh, the the sniffets that are not sniffets, the shy guys that are holding up the chandeliers are like crying for him not uh, oh, for him not to die. So I, yeah. I, I think it was like a parody of like an of like an overwrought death in a samurai movie or something. But it was <laughs> but it was it was a real odd choice. And then suddenly one of the shy guys like just 
furiously hauls you up the chandelier while you know while while like a hoedown music plays. I was like, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Yeah, it's like I don't. I don't understand all of the humor in Super Mario RPG, but it is real offbeat and funny. It's it's a really funny game. They've, yeah, did we, they've did, always did we... held the comedy. I love the comedy in Mario games. Did we just kill a man? Okay, just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Luigi doesn't make an appearance at all in this one, does he? He technically no. does for about five seconds during the credits. He's he yeah. is holding a flag during the parade at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, like, it was cool that they put in, like, um, what was it? I think uh, Lincoln Samus and uh, the R-Wings, I think? That's right. Yeah, the yeah. R-Wings are on, like, a shelf, aren't they? Link's asleep in a inn, and I don't think I saw Samus. Samus although... is also asleep in the same inn, but if you but, but you, you, you visit at different times and see one of the other. Uh, okay. That's cool. The game does reward you both in, you know, with items like the lazy shell and uh, and, and the frying pan in Moleville, which is Peach's best weapon. Um, and also... They'll reward you with items and also reward you with new scenes if you take time to visit back uh, places you haven't been before. Because have you tried going to Booster's Tower after you beat Nimbus Land? Oh no! No. You will meet, um, uh, I believe it's Valentina and Booster courting, as it were. <laughs> and uh. it's a little awkward <laughs> because because. Because one of them is not sure that she likes the other, and the other one is not sure what is happening at all. Because Booster is a clueless mofo. He is. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. And so, like, yeah, during the uh, during the end cutscenes, you you see them have a, a slightly awkward wedding ceremony, which is another very amusing moment in the game. I, but... I love his sprite too. Like, it just looks <laughs> insane. <laughs> Everything about his like look and personality just totally works for me. I think he type, like he writes in caps a lot too, or just kind of shouts things a lot. I don't think he ever closes his mouth. He has this sort of open yeah. toothy smile on at all times, and when he opens his mouth wide, it like it unhinges like a snake or something. Because it's almost it... like a he's like a, a square version of Wario. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, a little a little bit of a stumpier Wario. I buy that. <laughs> Because I'm not, I'm not sure how much Wario we had at this point. Because this was, this game was '96, and, uh, and War, Wario was around. Wario was the villain in Mario 2 for the Game Boy, and was the main character in Mario 3 for the Game Boy. But I don't think he had been. I mean, I mean we hadn't been Mario partying yet. And was he in the original? Um, <laughs> was he in the original uh, Mario Kart? I don't think he was. Yeah, he was, no, I don't, know, I don't yeah. know if he was in Mario Kart. He and while Luigi was introduced in Mario Tennis. So I know that's when they kind of started being like, okay, we're going to have them be uh, pairs yeah, for Wario. Well, yeah, Wario, Wario is definitely in, in uh, Mario Kart 64, which is a few years after this. Yeah. And, right. um, Yo, Booster looks like Final Fantasy Forced. Oh. He does kind of. Kind of, yeah. The, the same level of scraggliness to the beard, I think. And the, and the, and the toothy smile as well, yeah. And the kind of, yeah, the crazy face, yeah. <laughs> and the red nose. Speaking of Final Fantasy IV, yes. oh yeah, <laughs> the best secret boss, maybe one of the best. An excellent secret secret boss, Kulex in Monstro Town. When you open his door with a shiny stone, that is definitely a Final Fantasy crystal. They play the Final Fantasy IV boss music when you fight him, and it's. It, I even like that they give you like the tiny little sprite too, like the really yeah. lame little sprite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, before it blows up. <laughs> yeah, and he has a two D sprite that doesn't move or emote the way that other enemies in the game do. It, it just floats yeah. in place <laughs> as a as a static image with his uh, four crystal buddies. So, um, what did you think of the? Uh, did all of us uh, um, do this boss fight? I I had to cheat a little bit, but I did complete it. Uh, when whenever I saw you got a freebie, I was really happy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> I like, did. Oh, it, I might I... need that Kiro Kiro Cola again. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, I did it, but I cheesed it a little bit. I got lucky. I cheesed it. I gave I gave um Princess the lazy shell armor, so she was basically unkillable, even though she would heal for only about half as much and only go and always go last. And I gave Mario the safety ring, so he was immune to status effects and fire, ice, and lightning attacks. So mm -hmm. those two basically couldn't die, and. My third, who I think was Gino at this time, uh, died very often, all the time. But it was it was a long fight. But I did it without to be you know fair, without sweating too hard. He does not wear any protective hard. pants. No, I know. Yeah, he it's only wears a cape. Funny, that's it? that's interesting. It's it's also an interesting choice that Mallow is the only character to wear pants in this game, huh? Huh. Everyone's just everyone's just Donald ducking it all the time. He doesn't even have legs. Pants are just part of Mario's body at this point, I think. So. 
the dungarees like the as overalls, well. You know, <laughs> and t technically everyone can equip work pants that you get in, in Moleville. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's I, true. I, I think those are about still Bowser's best armor until like the very very end of the game because Bowser's armor <laughs> barely increases his stats at all. That you know dumb turtle. Yeah, well, it's understandable. He's got a huge shell, so yeah, he's already got armor. Yeah, he, yeah. he has very high nat he has very high natural skin. stats. He does. Well, he he has he has thick skin physically, but not emotionally. Not emotionally, no. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like Kulex. He was tough. He was tougher than I was expecting. Um, but yeah, I cheesed it. I didn't get the ring, but I did stick the lazy shell on Peach, and I just let Mario and Gino die. Left them dead. And just let all the crystals burn out with their magic. Uh, so, um, and also, I used uh, what they called the rock candies. To, so that oh, yeah. the red one and got. I, I used, yeah, I used all my rock candies at the beginning of the fight as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I just let all of them burn out with magic, and eventually they were doing nothing. So I just thought, well, okay, let's go for this then. Um, who who was your final teams, by the way? Um, um, I used um, either Mario Princess Gino or Mario Princess Bowser almost all the time, and I think mm. for the. F I think for Kulex I used Geno because I wanted to use Geno Blast on the crystals, but for the final the final section of fights in the in the Smithy's factory I used Bowser. Yeah, oh. pretty much the same there. Oh, I start with um, Mario, Geno, Toadstool, mm. for basically everything from Monstro onwards. I did my first run was like I used the new crew, so I had Gino and Malo, and then uh, this run I did the the Toadstool and Bowser run. I that actually um, backfired on me a little bit. I uh, I like having to um uh, princess in the middle of the party, so I died in the Valentina Dodo fight the first time I did it because Princess was not very effective against Dodo when you have to briefly use, um one on one him. Because oh, yeah. and, and, right. and Dodo will uh, he'll he'll go after the the uh, person in the middle. So like Princess versus Dodo is not a great matchup. It turns out. <laughs> princess but, and the Dodo sounds like a great storybook. Probably that does, one. That, I, There might be a Princess and the Dodo fairy tale for all I know. I my my fairy tale research is not up to date. I'm afraid. But oh um uh, speaking of side quests other than Coolex um uh Alana I think you mentioned in the first episode or maybe you just told me off air. You were going to see if you could try and get that as one of at least the 30 super jumps item. Did did you ever manage that? I didn't. No, oh. it's so difficult. It's so picky. Like, I managed to get 20, 25 maybe. I can't remember what they said. In, um, I could never do it. I never bothered. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. The timing is, has to be so spot on. It's crazy. Yeah, like, you, get, you get the ultimate um, accessory and armor for Mario if you get... Uh, 30 super jumps for the accessory and 100 for the armor, which sounds preposterous to me. Mm. Um, I do know one guy that had it, that had those on the Super Nintendo, but he's a he's a bit of a you know like button press timing savant. <laughs> so yeah. he, he's an exceptional case. But the uh, you're saying, you're oh, the ideal franchise for that sort of thing. But yeah, God, he he got he got every single he got every single item and completed every single stage in Celeste recently. Oh wow! And those those jumping puzzles get ludicrous. He also is the best Super Meat Boy player I know. But uh, but anyway, um, enough about my uh, old friend Jay, who uh, works in the building next to me actually. But um, back to the side quests of the game. Uh, the one other one that I we neglected to mention last time is uh, Todovsky in the on on Tadpole Pond. Did any of you guys get uh, play all the Todovsky songs? <laughs> yeah, but I looked them up. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I, I didn't really go back. Again, I, it's I, kind of the isometric viewpoint doesn't really do that puzzle any favors. Like, it would be nice if you got yeah. like a... My years of studying music theory made the first two of those very easy, and for the third one, uh, having to do it entirely by ear with something on the other side of the map, no thanks, I looked that one up. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it, but it, I think it's a cool side quest, and it's, um, you know, using a musical staff is a little uncommon for RPG puzzles, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I wish more puzzles had it. Uh, more puzzles? More RPGs had it. More RPGs music. had that puzzle. Puzzle RPG. Maybe, maybe neither of us is good at words today, Lana. Nah, see, I was doing okay until that. It's because yeah. I was looking up a pun for another side quest in this game. So. <laughs> so, so what pun are you referring to? So there's a side quest in Monstro Town where if you stay at the inn, you get th the three musty fears. That's right! <laughs> So you get a Boo, a Dry Bones, and a Greeper, which is a Mario RPG exclusive enemy, and they hide three flags across the Mushroom Kingdom. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite an easy side quest, so you just go and grab them, dig them out. Um, one's in 
Yost Island, which we didn't talk about last episode. We mentioned Boshi. tells you, though, how much is this? Like you said, though, this is just a dense game. There is so much to do in every single part for, of it. For a 15 to 20 hour RPG, there is enough to do. Like, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah it, it's yeah. a short-ish RPG, but they're always introducing new things. The world feels dense, and you can, and, and you're rewarded for revisiting places a lot of the time. And there's, that's uh, why a lot of people hold this game fondly. Like, even yeah. now, it's still, well, like, yeah. the one RP Mario RPG that some people will, will stick to. Well, I mean, the only other RPG that really comes close to it in terms of, like, length and, like, fitting everything in and just feeling so dense is Chrono Trigger. Like, Chrono Trigger is about the same length, a bit longer, but, like, there's more to, there's loads to do, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's I, not I think, too long. Yeah, I, I um, I mean, I, I was not like this when I was younger, but I really value my time more and more playing video games nowadays, so when a game feels like a full experience and it's under 20 hours, I applaud it every time. When when I was younger, I would think, man, this this RPG is 60 hours, oh man, that's awesome, this one's 80 hours, even better. I do not feel that way this, uh, nowadays, not yeah, at right. all. But, um, you play yeah. Persona 5 like three times in a row. Twice. <laughs> I, I, played, I played it twice, but I'm a but I'm, I am I turn into a monster when it comes to Persona and Dragon Quest. Okay, there, are, there are some games that, that are worth are worth it and yes. a lot of games that are just padding for the time yeah. and i feel like you have to strike a bit of a balance like remember i, I think we mentioned this on the other rp mario rpg episode but remember when dream team was uh 40 hours <laughs> mario rpg oh, does yeah. not carry yeah, itself that was, for that long yeah I, I didn't get to the end of dream team but i it, that game did feel like it was dragging at the point where i stopped which i guess was around the middle somewhere yeah. but uh the, the, yeah this game feels you know, brisk and dense, and it's not wasting your time, and it's also funny and entertaining consistently. Um, yeah. So I have a I have a question for you because all uh all, all of us have played at least maybe not all of them, but many of the sort of grand canon of, let's say, Square RPGs in the '90s and early 2000s before the merger. Um, how do we think uh, Super Mario RPG stacks up against those pre-merger Square, their sort of RPG golden age, like um hangs with the best of them or above average or maybe just average or below average god it's a brutal question it's a brutal question so i'll i'll go i'll go first i'll go first i think that super mario rpg is excellent and is part of that square golden age from you know 95 to, to 2000 or whatever however you want to slice it exactly but maybe not one of the very very best i would put a couple final fantasy games ahead of it i'd put chrono trigger ahead of it i don't know if it's in my top 5 square rpgs maybe it would, if maybe it would sneak in at number 5 but i think oh, it's i can't look at games like that though yeah, well, yeah so, so, well i compulsively better. rank and sort things i'm a, i'm a monster okay <laughs> chrono trigger is like the best game of all time so it's like, okay, like, okay it's not the best game of all time but it's you know not as good as the best game of all time which is a useless statement but the like I, I think that Super Mario RPG is excellent. I don't know if it's one of the best Square games, but I think it at least hangs. For what it does, mixing Mario and uh, you know what Square Square Soft did best, I think it's it's pretty damn top tier for me. Hmm. Cool. <laughs> so I would probably put it around where Salosi would put it because Square's output in the nineties, like most of my favorite games, are from the mid to late nineties, and this <laughs> comes so close to that like that group but it's not quite there and i think i think it might be the forced platforming and the view that maybe just knock it down a little bit i will and... say that it's not as good on a repeated run or especially right away oh, i yeah, definitely it's... love a lot of the surprise from the first time going into it but i'll agree that the second time you know which parts are kind of a bit more aggravating and there's stuff i deal with well the first time just because it's new and novel but the second time i'm just like oh yeah, I can't see myself rushing back to play it, and I think yeah. that's probably why I wouldn't put it in the top tier, whereas things like Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger and Cross and, you know, going into PS1 era, I would I would play those many times, but this one, I could play it in a few years, but I'm not in a desperate rush to do it, and I've loved it, I absolutely love it, like, put it, if you say, what's your favourite Mario game? Now we're talking because because this would probably come in my like favorite. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I feel like uh, I, I said last episode. I think it compares a little bit to Mystic Quest in that it's a <laughs> it's an interesting beginner game. Um, in a yeah, lot of ways, but I, I think this is way better than Mystic Quest. No, it is. You're right for like for like like uh you know it, like for baby's first RPG. This actually would be an excellent choice. It's a, I think it's, and it, it's an interesting partnership creatively. Um, it shows Nintendo and Square both kind of like, they're both willing to like, 
they're both willing to give where they should to create something special that's a unique blending of their own teams, which I feel like is something that like you don't get very often with a lot of crossovers. I feel like it's a shame that they haven't done anything since, really. It really is because they have this whole they have this whole stable of care of really likable characters that they haven't really used since. Like I know people got really excited when um they added Gino uh, costumes to Smash Bros. Like it, <laughs> when when Cloud came. Yeah, it's like they're like, oh, it's happening. Yeah. It's gonna. It's like, no, 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 no they're it, not. No, it's just like we're, we're just acknowledging the past without, you know, without, without following through. We're just being mm -hmm. a tease, really. But it'd be, yeah. but it would be fun to see like Gino and Mallow in something else, or Booster, or like really yeah. any one of these characters. Even just an acknowledgement of the world, all the yeah, thing. Mm -hmm. something would be really good. The closest thing we got was that Gino cameo in Superstar Saga, and that got cut in the remake. So. <laughs> Jesus. Aww. Yeah, pepperonis. Um, I, I think we did mention this in the Mario or in the Mario RPG cast from over a year ago, but every Mario RPG sort of takes Mario to a new setting and each one is wildly different from the other from every other Mario RPG in terms of setting and characters. I don't know if there's any anyone that really recurs other than the, you know, Mario Luigi Princess Bowser group uh between mm -hmm. between those games in a major way. I mean like 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 Fawful, Peter's Boy is an exception. But, My boy. <laughs> but um I, I would welcome a Mario RPG sequel of sorts, even if it was, I don't know, Gino comes down from the Star Road and says, Mario, I need your help again for something arbitrary and Mario's like jump jump okay. and then they and then, yeah. and then you know now, if, <laughs> if I recall correct if I recall correctly, um wasn't uh the working title of Paper Mario was Super Mario RPG two. But there was Maybe. a whole it's there Japanese, was a whole... His Japanese title is Mario Story, but I'm not I'm not mm -hmm. sure if it I'm maybe it had a different working title. I think this had this I think this was in the middle of that square jumping ship to PlayStation era where they were trying to work out something with Nintendo, but Nintendo was being really belligerent around that time and yeah, there's Nintendo a, there's, didn't want to go to discs. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of weird stuff around that time. Um, Yuji Horii wanted to make Dragon Quest Seven for this N64 because he saw Mario 64 and was like, "Yeah, I want Dragon Quest slimes to look like that." And there's you, you can find photos of, I don't know if it was a tech demo or just an artist rendition or something, but of a few Final Fantasy VI characters rendered um, with N64 tech. Yeah, yeah, that was that was yeah. an early tech demo for yeah, uh, for, for seven. Yeah, when they were a working prototype for the game. But but, but um, yeah, but Nintendo stubbornly stuck to cartridges, so um, so Square didn't make any games for the N sixty four. And I mean, I mean, me when I was uh, you know wanting to upgrade for my Super Nintendo, I became a PlayStation fan immediately because one system had Mega Man Street Fighter and Final Fantasy, and the other one had a bad port of Mega Man Legends. <laughs> so. Um, so, uh, but yeah, we don't need to go deep into the, you know, the uh, the slap fight no. between was, Nintendo and was Sony. It, was, it, was it a bad port of Mega Man Legends, or has Mega Man Legends not aged as well as you remember it being? Discuss. Uh, <laughs> uh, that could happen Ooh, on the future Retro Encounter episode, because you, <laughs> Mega Man Legends is easy to download for PS3, PS4, or Vita. So uh, the, the door is open on that one. And mm -hmm. I know that there's Mega Man fans on RPG fan staff. But um, I, I, I guess to... A similar question to what I said before. Uh, all of us have played at least a few Mario RPGs. Uh, how do we think this is, you know, fits, in a, a, um, fits among those? I think it's probably the most influential one, and either my favorite or second favorite. I love how familiar. I love how familiar it feels. Um, jump like playing this after even after playing like a couple of the newer ones, you can you really get a sense of that lineage. Like it really does feel like like Mario and Luigi Zero or Paper Mario Zero in a lot of ways. It does. I would probably put it joint. I've not played as many as maybe the rest of you. I've only played the first two Paper Mario games and the first Mario and Luigi and Bowser's Inside Story. Um, you I would play, probably... you play the good ones then. I've yeah, played the all same. the good ones. Yeah. Exactly, because yeah, word of mouth. I've played Super Paper Mario as well, but that barely qualifies as an RPG, unfortunately. Um, it was. It's probably top. I mean... Maybe second to Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door, which is that excellent. that yeah, that's the other one that's contending for spot number one for me too. I love that yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, and then that one is like a full-length forty-hour RPG, but it nails everything in the same way that this one does as well. So they're kind of comparable. I can see where it really kickstarted the um, kind of Mario RPG frenzy. It is a shame that it kinds of dropped off in more recent years with some of the like Paper Mario games and. 
they just seem to have lost their little bit of magic. So yeah, I hope they do something. But yeah, it, it's definitely top tier. But so yeah, it, it is a bit of a shame that it's just kind of. Stale if they drop if, if they drop another one on Switch, I think that could be a really interesting thing to see. Yeah. Um, I, I, I believe in Nintendo's ability to make a cool, fun, fresh-feeling Mario game because Mar Super Mario Odyssey was that exactly. And, oh, yeah. And if they take, I don't know, some of the imagination and charm and wit that that game had and put it into a Mario RPG that's maybe a different team from these, you know, Paper Mario, Mario, and Luigi people, people that we've been <laughs> encountering for the past decade or so, <laughs> um, I, I think it could be special. It, we, Nintendo has it in them. Square might have it in them because I, ha I haven't been, you know, as angrily anti-Square in recent years than I was, say, even five years ago. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think that there still could be a Mario RPG in the future that matches Thousand Year Door and Seven Stars, but it had been a fair amount of distance between me between uh, this playthrough and the last time I played, I, I think at least 10 years, so my eyes weren't totally fresh going into it, uh, but I mean, I was just grinning the entire time. This game is so silly and fun and dense, and then got surprisingly challenging when I, you know, died against the Dodo one-on-one -on -one fight in Nimbus Land. <laughs> Yeah. Right. My only deaths the whole the whole game were that, and I think twice against Kulex before I shifted my armor around a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think for me it's a it's an easy number two if I was going to rank the Mario RPGs. Um, I think we all rank the same. I think we're all like yeah. it's a great silver place thing, man. I, I really love Superstar Saga. I've made no bones about that. <laughs> um, really? and, I, 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 and I really, but I really do feel like this one is like a proof of concept, and then they would really refine that with the first Paper Mario and the first Superstar, and the first Mario and Luigi game. Mm -hmm. um, I think, but I think this game has so much soul and wit and charm, and it's really, it's it's a wonderful title. I just, I from a mechanical standpoint, what Alana's been talking about with the platforming, um, the platforming in Mario and the in Superstar Saga feels so much better, doesn't it? Even in Paper Mario, the jumping feels better. Like even the timing of the attacks is just well, the timing's not too bad in the SNES game, but there's just something more. I feel that's they Nintendo a, playing to their advantage. Yeah. They do a better job of indicating of indicating like this is the timing window um, yeah. in the newer yeah. games. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, uh, oh, so, so it looks like uh, Square played to their strength when they made an RPG, but it definitely feels like Nintendo plays more into their strengths when when they did when they kind of took it over after that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I basically agree. Oh, but no, oh, shoot! Before we close up, we should probably talk about the last section of the game. How about that Smithy? <laughs> oh yeah, I love I Evil love Santa Claus. S yeah, <laughs> Hammer and I actually Santa. Actually, love uh, Smithy as a villain. I think he's really cool looking. And his different. music is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. the boss is awesome. I love the whole setup, but um, the build up to it, I don't love that dungeon. I do not love that final it's, dungeon. It's a, it's a very black and gray, boring dungeon. Um, yeah, with I kind of like the look it was going for, and I think it's about as like serious and and like kind of dark and epic as a Mario RPG can really deliver. Yeah, um, and, yeah, I, I, I kind of get what you're saying though. I did yeah, like I... the run of boss fights before Smithy. You you fight a clerk and then a like what is it a yeah. uh, a, a clerk then a supervisor then a director then a then a CEO or something I forget exa what they're exactly called, but um Roughly. like just just you know poking fun at yeah. Uh, corporate hierarchy <laughs> um, yeah. but it was a uh uh the smithy boss fight is great both when he's you know hammer santa summer summoning random weapons and then transforming santa with <laughs> tank head and treasure head and i i i lost track of all the different heads and mostly just you know super jumped a lot yeah me too there's tank treasure there was some strange like orb that was like there was a debuff, basically. Like, he would just wipe all of your buffs off of you, and then... Mm -hmm. Then there was a, a white um, spherical head that was wearing a crown, was sort of the normal one. Yeah, yeah and, and, and one that seemed to be locked up like a coffin or or a tomb or something. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> Typical I so. Final Fantasy. I, I didn't always understand the visual direction of the game, but, uh, you know, for the most part, that was really good. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a cool final boss, though. I like it. It fulfills its needs. And I was kind of disappointed you don't fight a giant sword. That he actually had a you know a human form. Well, I mean, like, you you do fight the giant sword, but then uh, but yeah. then his, his mouth becomes a you know portal to another dimension or something. He is as, a portal, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, for like Mario's first foray into RPGs, I thought you know they got one of the best to do it, and it turned out really really good. <laughs> I, I I love this game. It's one of um, 
one of my favorite RPGs of this era. I think it hangs with the best Square RPGs from their golden age, even though it's maybe not one of the best best. But I, I it was a total delight uh, going back to this one. <laughs> that's that's Square in their golden era is that they had their best and their best best. Yeah, God. <laughs> even the second the second <laughs> tier of of Square RPGs from like '94 to 2000 or whatever is just way better than ever any other group's first tier. It's crazy. Oh my God, Final Fantasy seven, eight, nine, and Xenogears and Chrono Cross. Like, are you are you kidding me? <laughs> ten was <laughs> ten wasn't that far. Like like '97 yeah, to '97 to '01 is five years of going from FF seven to FF ten with Xenogears, Chrono Cross. Oh shoot! Legend of Mana. Okay, to go maybe, from maybe, like maybe Final Fantasy all VI to three yeah. disc Final Fantasy seven, like yeah. it's yeah, crazy. It's isn't wild it? to think about what they did in that time, in that short, short time frame. It's just an era that everybody looks back really fondly on as well. Like even if they have their blips, like people will always complain about Final Fantasy VIII, and it's not the best one, but it's still like. Still part of it. Yeah, and yeah. Not, exactly. And not even going into the PS one. There's a two year period from ninety four to ninety six where. FF6, oh, Chrono Trigger, Super Mario RPG, Saiken Densetsu 3, Bahamut Lagoon, uh, probably more than I'm forgetting, like like sort of late SNES RPGs that Square made. There's a list of eight or nine that are just mind-bogglingly good. for the yeah. rare person who's played that and wonder. <laughs> There's tons of stuff we didn't even get over. Treasure of the Rudras, if you want another deep cut. But thank you so much again for joining me to, to yap about Mario RPG for an hour, guys. And thank you, listeners, for listening to us do so. Uh, next week, we are doing a special sequel episode to some podcasting we did last year. Peter, you will be hosting a Darksiders 2 episode. Ooh. Yep. It's, it's, we're going to chronicle Death's adventures um, to redeem his brother by bringing back humanity. More or uh, less loot than God of War 2018. Oh, oh, a lot more. Oh, a oh lot boy. more. It's, oh boy, dude, I thought there was too dude, much God of War. Dark, Dark, Darksiders, Darksiders 2 is, is, has a Diablo loot system. Like, you'll kill something and three pairs of pants Whoa. will pop out. Oh my god. What, yeah. kind of, what, kind of, what kind of gargoyle monster needs three pairs of pants? I, apparently, apparently death, because you, <laughs> you get one pair of pants, and then another pair of pants drops that has slightly better stats. So now you got to change your pants. Wow, death needs a walk-in closet <laughs> or something. And basically, basically, you're in, that's basically what your inventory is by the end of the game. But I digress. Darksiders 2, everybody. It's a game. Yep. And following that, I don't think we've announced it on the podcast yet, um, the official Retro Encounter game for June, with two episodes being recorded for that month, is Mass Effect. And you might be saying, Solosi, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? Mass Effect isn't a retro game. Retro, retro is right in the podcast title. Mass Effect was 11 years ago. Jesus, that seems wrong. Time time to move on, guys. (laughs) I I do remember the whole like it's the tenth anniversary of Mass Effect in 2017, and then we got Andromeda. (laughs) Oh boy, (laughs) the the less we talk about Andromeda, the better. But uh, that is going to be two episodes in June um, about the first Mass Effect alone. Uh, The whole trilogy was a big phenomenon for those four or five years that uh, spanned that uh, that main trilogy. I was very, very much into. into the series from the moment I touched it. I think I think Mass Effect 2 is my favorite, and Peter, I think you mentioned to me uh, in some other podcast that Mass Effect 1 is your favorite. But there's there's no wrong answer. Um, there's That whole trilogy has cool stuff in it and a pretty amazing world that Bioware built. And it's also the first Bioware game we've uh, covered specifically on the podcast. So please look forward to two Mass Effect episodes in June. It's nice to get some WRPG stuff in here because it's really easy to do a lot of the J stuff. Oh, yeah. Did we not do Knights of the Old Republic? We did not, no. This is the huh. first This is the first all Bioware episode that we've done. I think. I'm, I'm sure that uh, in, in maybe more more topic-spanning episodes, Knights of the Old Republic came up. But uh, it, it did in the Adaptations episode we did a month ago. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I apparently I convinced myself that we covered a Bioware game at some point before this, and we now I'm not, like, no. they're, they're always fighting, aren't they? Because it's always Kotor and Jade Empire that are there. And, yeah, we, we've yeah. had internal polls with Kotor and Jade Empire, and oh shoot, maybe maybe one of the old Baldur games, I think. But the but this is the first time that it uh, exited the poll intact. So Mass Effect next month. We haven't quite planned out uh, the rest of June or July. Well, no, that's a little bit of a lie. We haven't quite planned out most of June for Retro Encounter, but we have already chosen what's going to be played in July, and I'm very excited about it. Let's just uh, leave it at that. It, it was, it is also living in the '90s, but it is a very special four episodes of Retro Encounter in July. 
But, listeners, if you want to reach us, the best way to do so is to email retro at rpgfan.com. You can visit rpgfan.com's main website and go on the message boards there, or find the links to Facebook, Instagram, Discord, and Twitch. We have something streaming on Twitch basically, I think, six days a week, maybe all seven, I'm not sure. And uh, also, if you want to um, help the podcast a little bit, reviewing us on iTunes or Google Play or wherever helps expose us to more... Uh, listeners, and you know how much we love exposing ourselves. Heyo, that might be it. That went over like a lead balloon. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, starting with you, Steph, uh, where can listeners find you? I'm usually the one responding to you on social media, so drop a line there, or you can actually talk to me on Twitter at, at dice d i c e s m s. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Peter, your turn. Uh, I'm at I have Fury on Twitter. Um, you can also reach me, Peter T, at RPGFan.com. And Alana. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at Alana Hags. Uh On Discord, I'm Diving Falcons, so hit me up. Right on. And I am at the Real Monsoon on Twitter most of the time. I am Monsoon Mike on Discord. I am Monsoon on the forums that I barely, or that I don't really use anymore. And if there's, an, if there's an RPG fan thing uh, with someone named Mike, then you, you then I'm 50% of the time. Or if it's Monsoon, it's 100% of the time. <laughs> I'm so glad I found yes. out why you were called monsoon the other day oh, oh yeah yeah that, I, there Real was a monsoon. yeah there was a hashtag um explain your handle uh on twitter uh, a little while ago and i and i did explain why i'm why my nickname is monsoon it's perfect well i'm glad you enjoyed and then listeners i hope you enjoyed this episode thank you good night and good luck oh mario Thank <laughs> you.